Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Can everybody hear me? That's good. So I think Pastor Phil has given good introduction, and he came to us, to Living Waters, uh, mostly to encourage us. And when he was there, he, his favorite food was pasta. So Pastor Phil, for most of the time he was there, he was eating pasta. And the pasta was eaten by Pastor Phil because he loves pasta. But when I came here, the next day he took us to a, a lovely restaurant. I don't know, it's a cafe. It's called Him Hortons. Tim, Tim, Tim Hortons. And uh, the food was good. But he did not have pasta. He had soup instead. And uh, I had a good hamburger. It was lovely. Without wasting our time, let us go to the Word of God. You know, it is always um, a great honor to have an opportunity to talk to God's people. And always, we need to know the heart of God. You know, when I came... Pastor Phil was asking me to preach. You have a series of Ten Commandments. And uh, he asked me to, maybe I would preach that. And I was open to that. But the Holy Spirit showed him that I'm open to preach whatever the Lord showed, uh, showed me. So I was praying about what should I share to the uh, people of, of Canada. Willow Park. What should I share to them? You know, then you start having these ideas. I have many sermons. Then I was thinking about, uh, should I preach to them about going forward in their spiritual life? Or should I preach to them about trusting in him? Or should I preach to them about being forgotten? Or should I, you know, all these things started coming to me about what I should share with you today. And my favorite sermon, uh, uh, subject to share with you was to go forward in your spiritual life. That is what I would like to preach today. But the Lord told me, oh my son, have you forgotten when you are going abroad? What did you ask me about? I said, yes, Lord, I asked you something. What was it? I said, give me the message. What should I share with your people? What did I give you? I said, Lord, you told me to share with your people about the sword of God. And you know, when I went to Vista, California, uh, the day before I preached, I was able to eat swordfish, and it was really nice. Uh, I won't be referring to the Bible, um, most of my sermon, but I will be saying what the Scripture says, and if you want to uh, quote or to memorize the Scriptures, it's okay. And... Uh, our leading uh, verse today uh, will come from the book of uh, hmm, Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 17. This, uh, the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of, uh, of, of spirit, which is the word of God. That is what we are going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the sword of God. I'll start with introduction. You know, the scriptures 
tell us clearly that the word of God is the powerful weapon against the powers of darkness. In the first epistle of John, we see John the Apostle addressing the young men because they had the word of God in them and they overcame the evil one. In all three temptations that Jesus faced, he overcame the evil one by using the word of God. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, verse 7, and verse 10. In Matthew 8, 16, we see that Jesus in his ministry, he cast out demons by his word. Although this, uh, uh, this sermon, uh, this, this subject about victory through the word of God has been preached for many years and it has been accepted by every one of us. Every one of us. There is no doubt about it. But when we come when we come to actually experiencing of its, its power, why many feel they are up against the wall? When we come to experiencing its power, why many feel that they are up against the wall? Many admit that there is, uh, they, 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 they have a feeling of unrealness, the feeling of, of, of emptiness when they are trying to, 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 to confess the word of God, when they are trying to use the word of God against the power of darkness. The word of God says, you have to resist the devil. And that is exactly what they are doing. Ah, nevertheless, they feel no more successful than one that beat us there. The reason why, when we use the word of God against the power of darkness, we don't see any success, we don't see any fruit, it is simply because we are trying most often to use the word that does not belong to us. Hello? We are trying to use the word that does not belong to us. Before the word of God can become a might weapon or a double-edged sword in our, in our mouth before we can use it as a might weapon. It is necessary for the word of God first to become ours, first to become mine, first to become yours 
then it will be a mighty weapon. And that's what God wants me to share with you. I will talk about spiritual life. But God reminded that you have a good pastor, and I know him. And he started serving the Lord when he was still young. So you are being given good food here. But the question is, how do you use that good food? And God showed me that this time I have to share with you about the sword of God. Well, we have said that before we can use it as a powerful weapon, the word needs to become ours. Hello? It has to become ours. So today, we are going to, uh, we are going to, 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 to see seven stages. We are going to see seven stages which takes for the word of God to become a powerful weapon, for the word of God to become a sword of God, for the word of God to become a two-edged sword when we speak it out. You know, it's like a baby. When the baby is being born, women know about it. There are many mothers. You know, a baby, first, the, the baby cannot walk. The baby is carried. And sometimes the baby learns to smile. But it comes a point that the baby does not want to be in the mother's hand. The baby wants to sit. The baby wants to, sometimes, you know, they start going like a snake. They, they, they go with Tommy, you know, but they, they keep on, and then it comes a time they sit. They sit, they want to sit. And they don't sit always. A mother is expecting to see these different stages. Then the baby would try to stand. And the mother would be careful because the baby will fall. He's not strong enough. He's complete. And he's not complete. And it is the same way when we are born into the Spirit of God. We are born again into the Spirit of God, and Holy Spirit is like a mother. So, we are going to look at those stages. I've talked uh, much about a baby. Let us go to the first stage. The first stage is the Word in heaven. The Word in heaven. In Psalm 119, verse 89, says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Some people have tried to change the Bible. You cannot change it. It is just a copy. The original of the scriptures is stored in heaven. Even if you agree to change, it's okay. But you cannot change the word of God. Because it is there. Dear children of God, we need to, we need to realize the value of the word of God. This word of God, I mean Jesus Christ... The Son of God, He is this eternal 
word. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is this eternal word which is in heaven. In, the, in, in, in John chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning was, was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And dwelt among us. John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. Oh, I feel like preaching. <laughs> you know, this mystery, this mystery can barely be grasped by the human mind. It can be barely grasped by the human mind. Just consider Jesus before, before, during, and after his life on earth, just consider Jesus, the only begotten of the Father. Before, during, and after his life on earth. During his life on earth, Jesus was in the human flesh, just like you and me. He was hungry, he, he, he wept, he, he, he felt thirsty, he cried, but after his life here on earth, Jesus has been in a spirit body or a resurrected body. But before that, Jesus, the only begotten of the Father, was the Word. He was with the Father and the Holy Spirit before ever time was. He was with them in the former eternity before time ever was. So even if the heaven and earth pass away, God's word would never pass away. I repeat again, in the, even if the earth and heaven pass away, God's word would never pass away. This word was glorious. This word was glorious, full of grace and truth. But if this word remained in heaven, but the, if this word remained in heaven, it would be inaccessible to the mortal beings. Therefore, this word had to be made flesh. Even so, spiritually speaking, the word of God in heaven can do us nothing good unless that word becomes flesh in our lives. And it is then it will be a mighty weapon in our hands. A true word 
a true word of God, which is on its way to do a mighty work of de uh, deliverance, proceed us from heaven, not in a shelf in a library. Oof. We have talked a lot about the word in heaven. We better move to another stage. Now, the second stage is revealed word. Revealed word. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2 and verse 3, the word of God says, not in Hebrews, I'm sorry, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 5. Ephesians 3, 5. In Ephesians 3, 5, the word of God says, which were not, which were not made known to the sons of men in other dispensations, in other generations, as it has been now, as it has been now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. By the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, God has revealed them to us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depth of God. For the Word of God to benefit the man of this world, that word had to come to the world. But how could God reveal his world to the sinful people? How could precious pearls be cast before swine? God had to prepare his all holy apostles and prophets for this ministry of receiving the word. So, it is the ministry in itself of receiving the word of God. More than 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the word of God, was born in a cattle shed, not in a palace. So how can the unchanging word of God, the mystery of Christ, be revealed to the kings and rulers of this world. In actual fact, the word of God says, had they known him, none of the rulers of this world knew Jesus. Had they known him, they would have not crucified him. This word has been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets. Those people who Jesus decided to choose them, them as people who are not of any reputation, who are just fishermen, who were just tax collectors, and they were seen as bad people to the worldly standards, Jesus Christ chose them. And he left those other people who thought they are leaders of uh, the, 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 the Pharisees and they knew about all this stuff. You know, the revelation of John 
was actually the revelation of Jesus. In, in, in Revelation 1, 1 uh, verse 1 and 2, it was, uh, it was revealed to John so that John would reveal to God's people. You remember that story about the, uh, uh, in, in Acts chapter 6 when the women, Hellenists, the women of the Hellenists, they were complaining about uh, the distribution in the church and they came to the apostles and the apostles said, oh, they, they said, well, we think we should not involve ourselves in those stuff. I think we should continue with the uh, ministering of the word and we should choose other folks to do that. In verse 2 and verse 4, they say, we should continue to minister to the word. And you know, God reveals, even today, God reveals his word to his servants. You can choose a pastor, but it's God who chooses him. If you bring him, he'll give you a testimony. No matter what his background were. But even today, God reveals his word to his servants. You know, we can, he does it. And I want you to get this. You know, when, when Jesus died and rose again and ascended to heaven, the apostles met together and they prayed in their own wisdom. And they said, we are 11, we need a fourth person. And they, 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 they cast lost and they choose Matthias instead of Joseph, that he should be among us. And, and the wedding was so beautiful, but Matthias did not work out. Maybe pastor can tell me about Matthias. I don't see much about Matthias. But God in his own timing came and took this person who was persecuting the church and everybody was scared of him. And Ananias said, that guy is dangerous. But God said, he is a chosen instrument. Hello? He is a chosen instrument. When God chooses his people, your pastor, another servant, he called them, they are a chosen instrument to carry his word to the Gentiles and to kings and to the people of house of Israel. It is the ministry in itself. So dear children of God, be good to your pastor. Do whatever he, you can do for him. Because one day he will give account of every person. The word of God is not politics. We have talked a lot about the revealed word. Let us go to another st stage. The spoken word. The spoken word. Hebrews 2, verse, uh, two and verse 3. It says, how can we be saved if we neglect such a great salvation? Because it was at first declared by the Lord himself. And then it was attested to us by those who heard him. Hello? Jesus started teaching the word. Jesus started teaching about the kingdom of God. And then the word of God was supposed to be taught to us by them who heard him. 
Peter is talking about it in the uh, 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 second epistle of Peter. He's talking about how they heard the voice from heaven saying that this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. He said, we did not just hear stories. It is not myth. It is the word of God. So the apostles knew the great responsibility which was devolved on them. How many minutes am I remaining? Five? Thank you. Praise be to his holy name. People have not taken dinner yet. So they knew the great responsibility that was devolved on them. So they preached the gospel. They preached the word. I'm getting older. Is this my water? Thank you. When I used to be young, I could preach without taking water. This feels good. So they preached the gospel. Paul declarations to the Paul declaration to the people of Corinth in First Corinthians chapter one. Verse 23, he says, I preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to, the, to Jews and folly to Gentiles. When he went to the people of Colossians, Colossians 1 verse 28, he said, whom we proclaim, Jesus Warning every person and teaching every person in all wisdom so that we may present every person mature in Christ. John, the apostle, bears the record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. They received word. I mean, this word that was received, this word which was revealed to the apostles and the ministers, and this word which was spoken by them, now it needs to be taken to the church. Listening only to the sermon does not help you anything. But you need to receive what you have heard. In Acts 2.41, it says, those who, those who received his word were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the church. In Acts 17 verse 11, we see the difference between the Jews who lived in Berea and the Jews who lived in Corinth. The difference was the Jews who lived in Berea they, 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 they received the word with readiness of mind and gladness of heart, and they searched the scriptures to find out if what was spoken was so. And that's why you read in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 1.30, they, they, they came to that understanding that Jesus Christ, that God is the source of our life, and he has... Uh, made Jesus Christ to become 
his, uh, our wisdom, uh, 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 our wisdom to become our righteousness, to become our sanctification, to become our redemption. And you know, when we receive the word of God, that is what is going to happen. But when you receive it all, it does not help you. One day I was given a cold soda. But the pastor told me, don't drink it because you are taking it to somebody in the hospital. It was really cool. But I was not allowed to drink it. So you receive the word, but still something else has to take place before that word becomes yours. And that leads us to another stage. If you have listened to the sermon carefully, no matter if it is a soul-steering sermon, and then you have received it, and then you have searched the scriptures, and then you have found that this is true, God heals, God Hello? You have heard many things have been talked to you, didn't you? Yes. Now, that word which you have received, you need to be tried. Now we come to the tried word. In uh, uh, Psalm 12, 6, it says that the words, uh, the words of God are true. The words of God have been tried seven times and proven true. Psalm 18, 30. But Psalm 105 Verse 19, it says that the word tried him uh, until what, until what the word said came to pass, the word tested him. Until what was promised in the word of God came to happen, the word of God tested him. He talks about Joseph. Joseph, he had this dream. He knew all this kind of thing. But he was tested. He went through many tribulations. He went through many things. But one day it happened. But until it happened, you see, I went in the prison. I did not do anything. When you want to king, remember me. The guy forgot about him. Ooh. Ooh. Hello. Ah. I came in here. I did not do anything. I've given you the interpretation of the dream and you can't tell the king. I'm getting tired. Then he remembered him. Then he was, he became the second person in Egypt. But after that word was tried, in the same way when the word of God is being preached in the church, when uh, it is just the revelation of the preacher, it is just the word that has been spoken, but when we receive that word, when we see the revelation about particular thing, whether it is holiness, whether it is giving, whether it is healing, whether it is all those kind of stuff, whether it's about your children, then the time will come for that word to be tried. It will be tried. Hey, hallelujah, that word was great. I've taken it. I'm a winner. I'm a victorious. It will have to be tried. And that is the hard part. And that is the decisive phase for the word of God to become our word. The tried word. When it happens, nobody can stand. I was sick a few years ago, about five years ago, to the point of death. And always I've been trusting that I will live, but I will not die. Until I was so sick up to the point I told God, God, if you are not going to turn things around, 
I'm not even happy living. Why don't you take me? You can do that also. And it's when God showed me the suffering of Jesus. And when he showed me the suffering of Jesus, it's when I had this peace which surpasses all understanding. When we are willing to be tried by the word, God will also give us grace which will flow like a river for us to be able to stand until we see the salvation of God. And when Joseph got into the office, it was something else. It became his word. It has already happened. His brother came and worshipped. My mother, when he saw me, she could not believe it. Then, after that word has been tried, you know, it's like some pictures which are written on certain special papers. They can be transferred. They can be printed on another surface by a great degree of heat just be put on them. And then that image will be transferred there. And in the same way, when a Christian receives a revelation and then he keeps on hanging to it, no matter what people say, no matter how people discuss about him, just like Job, and he keeps on going in that, in that heat of trial, when he emerges victorious, you know that word is no longer the word that has been written in the pages of the Bible. It is no longer just a, a, a dream that has been cherished for a long time, it is no longer just a, a plaintive plea of prayer. Oh, it becomes his, his own word. The promises of God and his covenants become more clear to him. That's why Joseph, when it happened, he was able to prophesy that I want to give you an oath that one day you will take my bones from here because God is going to visit you. God is going to redeem you from Egypt. And he gave them an oath. The covenant of God comes clear. And that leads us to our sixth stage. Pastor, can you give me a few minutes? Is the hour now five? Thank you. The testimony, the word of one's testimony, the words of one's testimony in Revelation 12, 11, it says, they overcame the dragon by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know, many times we hear people telling their testimony. A testimony is about what God has done in someone's life. The pastor was giving a story about somebody writing a check of, of, of $25, no, $250,000 because of the life of the, of the children of God. It was not a preaching. It was not a pastor standing there. Oh, you know you rich man. We are God. It is what they received here and they showed there. He preached the word about integrity, about faithfulness, and they showed it, the boots on the ground, the testimony. The devil cannot stand on the testimony. The devil cannot stand on the testimony. That guy who was blind since he was born, and when he was opened his eyes, and they tried to tell him that Jesus was an evil person, he said, but only one thing I know, that I was blind, but now I see. And he said, why do you keep on asking me? 
Because you did not believe when I told you the first time. Do you want to come as disciples also? Oh, the greatest sermons I've ever heard. Do you want also to be his disciples? So the word of one's testimony is become is someone's life. Hello? When the promises of God comes true in our life, and you stand here and you start saying, relating to what God says in his word, and now you tell, this has happened to me. And that is the testimony. And something like that, you cannot keep quiet at your workplace. You will tell them. You will tell them, it's like Isaiah said, I tried, uh, I tried to keep my mouth shut, but it was like fire burning, and I had to say it. My mother said, are you a ghost? I said, no, mama, touch me. I'm not a ghost, I'm living. Because the, the word of God says, I will live and I shall not die. Okay, let us come to our last page. Our last page. The sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, that is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It is not the word that is in heaven. Hello? That is my sermon. I would finish, like, I would start there and end there if I had two minutes. The sword of God the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, it is not the Word, it is not simply the Word which is in heaven. It is not the Word that has been revealed to His servants. It is not the Word that has been preached by them. It is not the Word that I'm saying now. It's even not the word that you have received. But it is the tried word that you, has become part of your life. That is the sword of the Spirit. Revelation 1.16, out of the mouth of the risen Lord went a two-double-edged sword. Jesus Christ in his in all temptation, he conquered the evil one by the word of God. The word that Jesus Christ said is not the word that was written in the law. It was the word that was written in his heart. In Psalm 40 verse 7 and 8, the word of God says, Thy word, the volumes, are in, in your volume is written about me. Your law is written in my heart. So every confession of God's words that came out of Jesus' mouth was a powerful word. Remember, I want to finish by the story of those people who brought this woman. And they say they caught her in adultery. Jesus Christ did not shout as I am shouting now. You know, shouting does not mean power in the word of God. Jesus simply, they came there and, and he was writing and he just said, the first, because they are challenging him. They are even challenging why he came. They are, of course, sinners just said that woman. And you are challenging me. I'm the one who gave these this, this, this commandments to, to Moses. And he said, oh. He started thinking. Then he said, whoever 
have not sinned. Whoever has not sinned, let him be the first person to throw the stone at this woman. And you know, when they came to Jesus, they were in stages. Those who knew the law were in front, the Pharisees. Then behind them were the priests. Then behind them were the scribes. Then behind them there were people who didn't know much about the law, the laymen like you and me, who have been saved by God's grace. And when he say that, the Bible says those who are in front, they were the ones who start going away. It was very shame because the word was powerful. It was like they've been exposed naked and they, they disappeared. Then the second group disappeared. Then the third group disappeared. Then the fourth group, when they were exposed to the word, they had to disappear. And Jesus said, where are your accusers? Lord, I don't see them. I don't see them. And in the same way, I want to tell you that the word of God is true and whatever he says will come to happen. The only way you have to hang on on his promises and then you'll come out with a testimony and we will bring more people to Jesus because it will become a reality. Let us stand. We're not coming to the end of service. Like one minute. You have sit for a long time. Can you stand for one minute, please, those who can? Just let us thank God for sending his son Jesus. As we are preaching, we are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are coming to the time of Christmas. Let us just thank him for Jesus who came here on the world. And as we have heard today, that Jesus is coming down every day through his word, which is the spirit. Let us thank him for the accomplished work on the cross. And let us God to give us grace that things that we have heard and, and we believed and the evil one is trying to bring doubts in our hearts, we will say that those are the lies of the evil one. But we will stand on whatever revelation that is going to be preached, we'll be able to receive it. And we'll be able to stand in times of trial until that comes to happen. And then that word will be a powerful weapon against the evil one, against people who talk ill of our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear children of God, as we have time of meditation, I want to just tell you that let us seek the Lord with all of our heart so that we will make his word our word. So that with this word, we will be able to execute judgment. We will be able to execute vengeance upon the nations. We will be able to execute punishment on the people to bind their kings and their nobles with the fetters of iron, to, de uh, to, uh, to execute judgment which is written. This is the honor of all God's people, to make sure that in our throats always will be the praises of God. And Lord, I want to assure you that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let us put our hands together for the risen Lord. God bless you.
Praise the Lord, get seated, and I would like to welcome. 